0: Welcome to Can, Can We Talk, talk About this? this? I'm your host, Amber Lee, from The Power of Birth. And I'm your
1: producer, Rajelle from Bee Designs.
0: And together we created this podcast to talk about women's health and the things that really matter. We have a real passion and focus on women's health and wellness and overall emphasize the importance of talking about maternal health. We chat to experts and continue sharing your stories. We're here to start the conversation, raise awareness, spread the word, call out gaps in the system and implicit biases. And we hope you learn something or even if you're just screaming yes, the entire podcast. This is not a place for small talk. We're about real talk. And when we know better, we do better. And we challenge you to start this conversation elsewhere. Generally, when I talk to someone about matrescence, I explain it in a way of asking them about their pre-baby self and their post-baby self because how do you have a baby and ever be the same? I knew this was a thing because I was one of the last people in my friendship circles to have a baby and I knew it changed them, my friends and family. I saw it, I felt it, and I could see this kind of shift in them. I was ignorant and at times intimidated by this change and I didn't realize actually how deep this change goes, until I had my own children. So today we're joined by Nikki McCann, who is chatting with us about this change, this transformation we know as matrescence. Yep, it's a thing and it has a name. Nikki is a mama, host of Dear Mama Project podcast, a matrescence educator and women's life cycle guide, and specifically focuses on the emotional and spiritual elements of matrescence. She has learned from Dr. Aurelie Athen, a clinical psychologist and world-leading researcher on matrescence, who revived this term and provided an explanatory framework for mothers to understand what was happening to them. Nikki now supports and works with women to help them recognize this power, the power of this transformation, and create it as a catalyst for personal growth.
1: So Nikki, can we talk about this? Yes, we can. Thank you for the nice welcome and beautiful summary of Matrescence. I'm really excited to talk to you about it more.
0: Yes. So tell us, what is Matrescence and where does this
1: begin? So, matrescence is the developmental process that we go through when we become a mother. And whilst the term is relatively new in the kind of public, consciousness and awareness. It's actually been around for quite a long time and has a well established science and research behind it. So matrescence was first coined, the word was first coined in the 1970s by an anthropologist, Dr. Dana Raphael, who used the word to, I guess, conceptualize that when a woman gives birth, she doesn't immediately become a mother, that the time it takes to integrate mother into your identity, to fully embody that, takes time and she said that the amount of time that it takes requires study but she was the first to really sort of acknowledge that there is a huge change happening for the woman when she becomes a mother and that it's not an immediate shift it's something that takes time so she coined that word, she also coined the word doula, which gained traction. It's become a big part of our vocabulary in the birth and motherhood space. But the word matrescence was somewhat buried in the textbooks for over 30 years until an incredible woman called Dr. Aurelie Athen, who is a clinical psychologist, researcher and lecturer at Columbia University. She also noticed that there were was a, a developmental process happening when women would become a mother and she searched for a framework to be able to understand this and couldn't find anything. So she started looking through all of the different textbooks in lots of different areas and she found this term in the anthropological textbooks that Dr. Dana FAL had created. And for her, that gave a name to what she was was witnessing in the women that she was working with. So she then started gathering um, a body of evidence to really explain what happens to women when they become a mother. Because for a long time, we've only really had one kind of model of understanding, which is, is illness, so postpartum depression. It's either you're doing great and you integrate it and it's smooth sailing and everything's blissful, Or there's something wrong, there's something that has happened that's gone wrong during the process. So it's pretty groundbreaking in that way, because it gives us a framework and a lens to talk about and explore what it's like to become a mother and all of the different shifts that we go through. And recognize that this isn't an immediate thing that takes happen that takes place as soon as we give birth. That this there's actually a developmental process that goes around becoming a mum that requires support and will involve. Um, periods of challenge and feeling stretched, as well as um, growth and development and healing and transformation and and all of the um, sort of benefits of this transition as well. So it acknowledges that it's both. It's going to be hard, and it's also going to be great. And sometimes it's going to be hard and great in the same minute. We're going to have a moment that's really tough and then we're going to have a moment that we go, oh, wow, you know, this is amazing and I can I can see the benefits that this is bringing to my life. So I think it's, it's a word that we all should know and that should be, I guess, handed to every woman who becomes a, a mother and the people around her to understand what she's going through and acknowledge that this is a really big deal and a really big transition in her life.
0: Yeah, and I definitely felt this, not only saw it. But it was something that I was like,
1: wow, there is something
0: to this. And so when I came across the word matrescence, which was actually via you on your socials, I thought, oh, like it was like this revelation to me. I knew this was a thing, but nobody was talking about this so can you give us some examples then of what matricence like, might look like in each stage because i believe there are all stages that we potentially um can cross so that be biological social psychological and spiritual but they can also be different for everybody so can you maybe provide some examples for each of those stages
1: yeah, sure. So Dr. Oralee Athen developed a model to explain what matrescence can, can look like and, and feel like, and it's a bio, psycho, social, political, spiritual model. So it's kind of a bit wordy, but Basically, what it means is that it changes pretty much everything um, all at once within a really short, condensed period of time. Um, So in terms of the physical changes, it might mean that we're undergoing a different relationship with our body. We might have physical changes that come from birth and pregnancy. It also means the changes that we're navigating or the relationship that we're navigating when we're trying to fall pregnant. You know, for some people, that's a really long journey and that, that involves undergoing a different kind of relationship with your body. There's also brain changes that happen during pregnancy, which are really fascinating, that actually result in upgrades to a woman's brain that help equip her with the different skills that she needs to be able to look after a a vulnerable other. So we're talking about things like emotional intelligence being upgraded, IQ being upgraded, our ability to relate to other people, to think about what other people are thinking about, to read facial cues. We're getting upgrades in all of those areas. And this can often result in, you know, when you're a new mum, and I know even now for me, I feel things so much more deeply. You know, you have, you can feel other people's pains. You can't tune out the needs of your children if they're crying if they're you know asking you for something it's really difficult to tune that out because our brains have literally been rewired to be more responsive to the needs of others so that's quite a big shift in terms of relationships we can be renegotiating our relationships with our intimate partners with friends with our family members just really trying to find our people again you know there's a lot of people experience really big shifts around friendships when they become a mom there can be some people that are sort of slowly fading out of your life and then other really important people that are coming into it that you might now have a deeper connection with we're also navigating big changes with our identity. So how we kind of craft our self image and and our sense of self can undergo really big changes. And alongside that, can be changes in terms of how we get our self worth. So I know for me, and this is I've seen this as one of your questions a little bit later, but for me, there was huge changes around self worth because previous to becoming a mother, I'd really gotten my self-worth from my career, kind of the only place I got my self-worth from. So when that was gone, that was a real reckoning for me in terms of how do I identify myself and how do I make myself feel worthy when the thing that I've put all of my worth into is, is no longer. So that can be a big shift. But in terms of all of these changes, we aren't necessarily all going to be experiencing the same changes or we're not going to be experiencing the same changes. Um, We're all going to be navigating this differently. We're going to have different things show up in our lives. So for some people, they might go through uh, pregnancy and birth and postpartum and feel a deeper connection to their body. They might feel really embodied now and feel really proud of of what their body has done. And for other people, they might struggle with some of the physical changes that they have experienced through pregnancy and birth. For some people, it might mean that they feel closer in their intimate relationship. For other people, it might mean that they're experiencing more challenge, challenge in their relationship. So Matrescence is a universal experience in that we're all going to be navigating this developmental passage, but how we experience it is very uh, unique to us and our situation and what's going on for us in our life and also our history, you know, where we've come from and our own sort of family background as well. Mm, I love that you touched on
0: identity there because I tend to see that as a common factor when someone first becomes a mother. This is a real battle and it is one of the I guess symptoms for postnatal depression so this is why I particularly love matrescence as a framework because for women and mothers because this makes sense to me because not everybody that struggles with this transition or this identity loss necessarily has postnatal depression but that this is something that is very common nonetheless so uh, I love Matrescence for the fact that it can explain this in a deeper, more meaningful way. So something that really did stand out to me with Matrescence was that it's not a biological passage, but this developmental passage, as you've put it. So how does this fit for somebody who hasn't necessarily birthed a baby, but has become a mother in other ways?
1: Yeah, so matrescence, as you said, it's not a biological event. It's not a purely biological process. And it it will still unfold for someone who has not physically carried a baby. They're still going to be undergoing changes in their relationships, renegotiating, renegotiating their sense of self, maybe having changes in their careers. So biology is one part of it, but it's not all of it. And as we would know, and I know certainly from my experience, biology doesn't make you a mother. You know, there's a whole developmental process that means that you have to integrate mother into your identity, that you're mothering. So you're actually doing the work of being a mother. That's not a biological thing. You can not physically carry a baby, but still mother that baby. So I think it's important to acknowledge that because it's not every everything. There are. it's definitely can be a component of it. And as we spoke about, uh, if you are physically carrying a child, there are um, different layers to it in terms of the brain changes and the physical relationship with your body. If there's any, even any body changes, so it's one part of it, but it's not all of it.
0: Yeah, it's so interesting, isn't it? Something that stood out to me, I guess, in my own readings, but also looking at matrescence within myself and others, was this inherent suffering. So can you tell us or give us an example of what this inherent suffering means?
1: Yeah. So again, that's, I think, uh, Dr. Aurelie Athens' wording. But I guess it's just a recognition that this transition is not going to be blissful. And I think for a really long time, we've been told that becoming a, a mother is purely blissful. If you look at the advertising, the messages from society that we receive, it's that this should be natural and normal. And it should be pure joy, we should feel totally fulfilled by the experience. And there's no room for any other conversation about what this transition might actually feel like and and look like and be experienced as. So I think understanding that there is suffering involved in the experience of matrescence or that it can be painful and involves stretching gives us some language and freedom to talk about the parts of this that aren't easy, you know, losing your sense of self, how you've identified yourself in the world for the last 20 to 30 years and having to reframe that, that can feel really hard. That's not going to feel easy. So being able to talk about the parts of this that are you know stretching and, and challenging, I think is really helpful and it opens up a dialogue that allows women to experience uh, to explore their lived experience because the version or the expectations that we can come into this with, versus the lived experience of what it is like to go through this transition and to become a mother are very different. I can see you nodding your head and that you would know that too. And that can be really challenging to reconcile, you know, when you've come into an experience and you think it's going to be one way, and then your lived experience is different. That takes time and support to be able to work through. So I think it's really important to be able to talk about that. And then obviously, as you said, there can be other instances where you need sort of more professional support if the suffering is becoming too much. If it's becoming too challenging, then that's when we need to have support, whether that be through friends and family, a GP, a counsellor, a psychologist, whatever that support might look like, a women's circle. But there does need to be a lot of support through this transition because it is going to be challenging at times. So would this be something that you would experience
0: with every child?
1: Matrescent's. Yeah. Yeah. So matrescence begins in preconception, potentially. So the moment that you have the idea of, oh, I might like to become a mother one day, the matrescence process is already underway. We're already sort of going through these internal shifts and and thinking about what that might be like and how we might integrate that into our lives. And it reoccurs with each child is the kind of methodology that Aurelie has found from her research. So With each child, we're going to be, again, renegotiating our sense of self, uh, trying to manage the different shifts within the family unit, within our relationships, within our friendships. And it's potentially a lifelong transition. So now that we have become mothers, we are going to be in a state of transformation alongside our children as they grow and develop. The experience of what it's like to be a mother to a newborn is very different to the experience of being a mother to a five-year-old, which is what I'm currently navigating at the moment. And that's very different to what it's going to be like to be a mother to an 18-year-old or to be a grandmother. So we're going to be in this period of change and transformation potentially for the rest of our lives, which can sound daunting. But I also really believe that it's exciting because we're if we are given the school the Um, skills and the tools that we need to navigate transition, they can be really helpful for us to navigate all of life's transition. Mm. And when you think about it, that's what life is. It's a series of different transitions. So it's really important for us to have different skills and tools and community and support to be able to navigate the different transitions we experience throughout life. You probably already answered
0: this with what you've just said, but somebody who's listening to this might be thinking, this sounds awful. (laughs) and not something that I want to do. What would you say to that person? Because I don't, I don't necessarily see matrescence as a negative thing. And I guess from a worldly perspective, we could be talking about it and and somebody who maybe hasn't experienced this think, oh no, thank you. I'm good. Uh, This isn't something that I want to partake in. What, yeah, what do you kind of have to say to that What is it about this suffering that makes it a good thing?
1: Well, look, when we're talking about suffering, I think that can take so many different like lenses, like it could be the suffering of not having very much sleep, you know, that is suffering, that's painful, it's challenging. Um, And we know that that doesn't go on forever, it's for a certain amount of time, and then we move into a different stage. So there's different things that are going to be challenging throughout the transition into motherhood. In terms of the positives of this transition, I'm so passionate about this being a time and an opportunity for huge healing and huge growth and, and, and empowerment. Because what matrescence does is it does really put things into perspective and it provides us with an opportunity to review our lives up until this point and to be very conscious about what we're choosing going forward. So yes, this will kind of be quite disorientating when we're going through it, but with the right Tools and skills and support, we can come through this feeling more empowered by the experience. I do think, and I've, I know I've mentioned this a few times, but I'll say it again because I think it's so important: is that this isn't something that we were meant to be navigating alone. This is something that we're meant to do with a supportive community, whatever community looks like for you. But this requires support. It is not something that we navigate by ourselves. It needs loving hands and loving witnesses to help us through this journey. Okay, so what are some supportive elements
0: of matrescence. and what are we missing what do we need
1: I think the biggest thing is community that's the thing that I find the most healing and supportive as we're going through this to know that you're not alone I know you've been to some of my circles Amber that we have done and but sitting in a room with other women who are all navigating the same transition as you and seeing yourself and your story reflected back to you through other women's stories is incredibly powerful and healing because you know that what you're going through is is not just happening to you, it's happening to other people too. And I think that within itself, being surrounded by people who get you and who understand what you're going through and can support you through it is really, really powerful. It can also be, again, community support in terms of friends and family, having a really great GP, having a good counsellor who can help you through this or psychologist. But I really felt a bone-deep craving me when I was going through the really acute phases of matrescence to be surrounded by wise women like I wanted to be I wanted to stay with the midwives I didn't want to leave them I wanted to have other women who have been through this and who could kind of midwife me through it and I think that's for me and even we were just talking earlier about my um, alignment program that I'm running at the moment being surrounded by wise hands who have walked through this before is really powerful because you can see the potential that can come through this um, transition so I think community and connection with other women is really powerful I think also allowing yourself permission to change this is a big one I think sometimes we go through this and we can resist some of the changes that come up through matrescence but I think surrendering to the fact that we are going to change through this transition is really powerful I think as well having time to actually allow those changes to happen, time to reflect on our own experiences and make meaning of them as well, create our own meeting and sort of narrate our own story is really important. And then the other big one is just a huge dose of self compassion as you're going through this because we haven't done it before. We've never been through this experience before. So we need to be really gentle with ourselves and make sure that we're taking care of ourselves in terms of our own inner dialogue and how we treat ourselves and how we speak to ourselves. And I guess just not expecting ourselves to bounce back, not expecting ourselves to have all the answers, not expecting ourselves to get it perfect, because it's just a very impossible standard to give ourselves. And when we set ourselves up with those sorts of standards, we're really setting ourselves up for pain and suffering. Would you say somebody maybe who's reluctant
0: to matrescence or this change would maybe struggle a little more than somebody who would embrace it?
1: It's kind of hard to say. I think it's so individual how we kind of navigate through it. But I do, I do think resistance in terms of trying to pretend it's not happening doesn't help. It kind of creates more resistance and more to push through. So I think um, acknowledging what's happening for you having the right support around you and having the time and the permission to explore this new version of yourself because it can be really exciting if we approach it with that lens of wow I'm changing you know what feels good for me now what lights me up now what gives me energy what makes me feel inspired knowing that it might be different to what it was before that you might have what you want from life and from friendships or relationships or your career might have changed a A little bit and who are who what feels good now I think giving yourself permission to start asking those questions is really um, important so I did want to ask you about what you thought I guess about the concept of
0: patrescence <laughs> so I've heard people kind of talk about or, or name it patrescence before so males um, going through a transition after they become a
1: father what do you think about this I think it's definitely a thing <laughs> just based off my own uh, sort of observations and experience with my husband and with the women that I work with, and the cha- the changes that they're sort navigating with their partners. I think it's definitely a thing, but it requires a lot more research. At the moment, there's no formalized research around patrescence that I'm aware of, but there is research around the brain changes that can happen with with men as well, which I think is uh, very interesting they're obviously not going to be instigated through a biological process in the same way that the pregnancy changes, pregnancy brain changes occur. It's actually as a result of environmental exposure. So the more active the other parent is, the more that they're likely to be forming new neural pathways and things in their brain that equip them with the skills to be able to parent in that way. So I think that's, interesting within itself. So it's about the more actively involved and engaged they are with parenting, then the more growth and and transformation that, that they are going to experience. I think it's definitely a thing though and I would love to see more research in that area.
0: Yeah, definitely. I Mm. definitely think that there's something to it Mm. and like you said, maybe not in the same way and patrescence would obviously look different but Mm. I find it so interesting because I even think the questions that maybe a father asks himself, what kind of father do I want to be? What kind of role model do I want to be? What do I want to instill in my children? You know, all of these kinds of questions and I've heard my husband talk about these things himself. And you can see kind of they they live their life in in a more reflective way because what are they passing on? So yeah, that was just something interesting that I thought mm-hmm. I'd bring up with you. So now that we know what matrescence is, or in a nutshell, because it is far deeper than just the surface level that we've been talking about, mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you, Nikki, what did matrescence look like for you?
1: Yeah, it was a big experience for me and something that I was totally unprepared for. Before becoming a mum, I worked uh, in learning and development. I was a learning and development manager at quite a big company and I had started at the very sort of bottom of the rung in my career. I didn't finish high school. I went straight into work and had worked my way up from, you know, working in retail to becoming, I guess, relatively successful in my career. And that had become a really big part of my identity and my self-worth, which at the time I'd would, didn't know and then when I went through the experience of becoming a mum and you know being at home with the baby and not having any of the things that I had tied my self-worth and identity to with me anymore I had this sort of reckoning um, experience with who am I now and if I'm if if I'm not that, then who am I? And and what does, um, how do I define myself and my sense of self-worth? And I remember, and I've spoken about this in my podcast, um, when I spoke about my story, that it really felt for me like my life was a, a vase and it had just like shattered all over the ground. and was in a million tiny pieces. And I was sitting on the kitchen floor, like trying to sticky tape it back together and kind of recreate this life and sense of self, because it felt like my understanding of myself and the world had changed so much that I had to kind of start at the very beginning with reforming that sort of sense of self. So yeah, a lot of changes around identity, around self-worth, reconnecting as well. With my own experience as a child, that really came up for me and the relationship that I had with my own mother. That's a very common experience as well as we're going through matrescence. That sort of re-experiencing or re-grieving the relationship that we had with our mother potentially can come up as a, a bit of a theme. It was definitely a theme for me. And I guess, you know, deciding what I wanted for my family and what I wanted for my life going forward. So there was definitely a period of disorientation and, um, you know, stretching. And then there was that reorientation and and deciding, okay, well, this is, you know, this is where I'm at now. What do I want for myself going forward? And that was the really empowering part of Matrescence for me is that I was able to then more consciously choose what do I want now? How am I building my sense of self now? I had, as I said, wrapped a lot of my sense of self-worth into career. How can I not do that again in the future? How do I kind of go forward and learn from that experience? So for me, it's been a really empowering journey. And and now I'm really passionate about helping other women navigate their own experience of this and, and to see it as an opportunity for redefining who they are and what they want in their lives and being really conscious about what we're doing going forward.
0: Mm. So what led you to be a matrescence educator? Was it just you stumbling across this word and, and thinking, oh, yes, I know this and kind of taking it and running with it? Or how did this
1: come about? Well, to give a bit more of a backstory, when I was going through postpartum, i just moved to a new city. I'd moved to the Gold Coast and I had left my job. So I left all my friends, family, and was now living on the Gold Coast with this little baby and didn't really know anybody and spent a lot of time at home. And as a result of that, I was incredibly lonely and incredibly isolated. And that really impacted my experience as a new mom. I was obviously never physically alone because I had my son with me 24-7, but it was so lonely like I didn't have anyone to talk to I didn't have anyone to go for a walk with or to come over with coffee or whatever it might be and that was probably one of the most challenging parts of this transition for me is the lack of support that I had and it had a big impact on my experience as a new mum and then 12 months after my son was born I started a meetup community with my friend and we were both you know relatively new mums her baby was four months old She was originally from New Zealand and she was in the same sort of situation as me. She didn't have any friends and family nearby. So we started a meetup community on a bit of a whim. And within two months, it had grown to 10,000 members. It ended up growing to 60,000 members in three years. So that was kind of my introduction to supporting mums. Kind of happened accidentally, um, although I don't really think that there are any accidents. I think it was definitely something that was meant to happen, but yeah, essentially kind of accidentally started a meetup community for mums that grew really quickly. I did that for three years. It spread nationally. We ran an event series and did lots of different initiatives to support mums. So I was running, you know, pop-up mothers groups um, with mums and doing all sorts of different things. And then that was acquired by the Centre of Perinatal Excellence at the start of 2020. So it's now a part of um, their sort of support services for emotional and mental well-being for new parents. And that's Mama Tribe. Yeah. And now, yeah,
0: cope.org have yep. taken that and it's part of their one of their programs, I guess, you now or their resources, yeah, yeah that's so yeah. amazing,
1: incredible. Yeah, it is. It's really, um, really cool, and I'm, I'm excited that it was able to take on a new form with Cope, and I know they're going to do amazing things um, with that community. So they already are doing some really cool things with it. But I think I came across Matrescence in 2018. I heard the word on a TED talk, and then I kind of was like, had that light bulb moment similar to you. I was like, oh my God, this explains everything. Like I thought it was just me. I thought it was only me who was navigating these really big um, shifts and changes. So I started researching and I guess kind of conceptualizing what support might look like for mums. Cause I was already in, I was already like working with mums in meetups, I was talking to them about their journey and, and what was going on for them. So I wanted to create something. My background's in learning and development. i have done that for 10 years. So I wanted to kind of fuse those um, skills and that passion together. So then, yeah, that kind of started my journey with, with Dear Mama. Um, I've been studying with Dr. Auralee Atham, which has been an absolute privilege. She's an incredible woman and someone that we owe a lot to for our understanding of matrescence. Um, and then I've also been doing lots of different training um, in postnatal support, lifespan neuroscience, motherhood studies, lots of different things that take my interest um, and kind of melding those all together to create my own models and methods to support women through matrescence. So,
0: yeah. I really do think that you are doing amazing things in this space. And I've heard you credit Dr. Aurelie athen quite a bit and absolutely I'm with you let's credit her but really Nikki we need to credit you as well because you have reached I mean even just with the mama tribe but beyond well well beyond that you've reached thousands of women and you've given them answers so I credit a lot to you in this space as well so I guess this is a good kind of way to end it because I wanted to ask you as a matricence educator and the background that you do have in matricence How do you help women recognize this power and how to use
1: it for their personal growth? What is it that you do? (laughs) Um, great question so um, I have a podcast called the dear mama project where I talk about motherhood as a catalyst for personal and spiritual transformation so it's really just storytelling like um, asking different uh, mothers what their journey of transformation has been like I think there's so much power in hearing each other's stories Um, so that's been a really big part of it for me I have a program called Alignment, which is a group coaching program where I gather other women who want to explore matrescence and I guess lean into this experience as an opportunity for growth and development. And within that, we explore lots of different tools that they can use to navigate this. So we're talking about tools to manage their nervous system, how to deal with stress, self compassion, lots of different really practical tools that they can use and and draw on to support them. And then we explore matrescence and pull apart their own journey of change and transformation because as we said, it's a a universal experience, but how it plays out in our lives is going to be um, unique to us. And then put that in the context of our broader sort of life as women and all of the different transitions that we're going to be going through and reconnecting with our values and redefining what we want in our sense of self as we're going forward. So really looking to the future and how we want to live our lives and what's important to us. So, yeah, that's essentially how I support um, women through Matrescence. I see it, a big part of it as gathering women together. Because when we gather together and we share our stories and you can see yourself reflected back in the other women, that's so incredibly powerful and healing in the alignment course that we've been doing, we've been holding um, women's circles we've held for over the past eight weeks. And I feel like they are the most incredible things. And it's just women sharing their stories and connecting and you you can see yourself reflected back to you. And know that you're not alone and some of the calls you know there's so many tears and there's laughter and there's joy and there's pain and it's all welcome and I think having spaces where all of you is welcome is so important where you can you know drop the mask when you can let yourself be seen and be held and be safe in that in that experience is really powerful the other exciting thing I'm doing is I'm launching a teacher training program next year. So that will be the sort of next iteration of, of everything that I'm doing, um, which is really exciting and it's kind of come about, I wasn't planning on doing it, but it's like right now, I thought it would be a little bit further down the line, but it has just been such a big demand for it. I think half the ladies who are doing my alignment program are like, can you please teach me how to um, be able to support other people through this? So yeah, it's definitely been something that I think once you learn about it, you're like, everyone needs to know this. How can I be a part of it and then and, and change the way that we're, we're going through this transition? So yeah, that's the next big thing. Yeah, great. So one of my biggest
0: takeaways was matrescence requires the deepest form of vulnerability. It's like you do really have to surrender to yourself and your old expectations and your old ideas. And like you said, you kind of are starting again. You're relearning how to navigate this new you. And I thought, you know, we know that the power of vulnerability is phenomenal. It really is. And So using it as something that helps us to grow. So like you were saying, the things that you offer and having support in your journey and challenging yourself in your old thoughts or your old ways, because you're no longer in that space is really powerful. And and I think this is what's missing. I really do Mm -hmm. believe that. So thank you so much, Nikki, for coming on today. This has been amazing to hear you personally talk about it with me. But I hope now that maybe someone who is listening has that light bulb revelation kind of moment and go, oh, this is what I'm going through. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate people like you in this space, Nikki, doing this and
1: helping us learn as mothers and women. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks for the opportunity to share. And congratulations on your podcast and all the amazing (laughs) things you're doing in the world too. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, yeah.
0: You can find Nikki at Dear Mama Project on Instagram or her website, dearmamaproject.com, for more information on matricence and the support programs Nikki can offer. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you're listening and would like to share your story with us or feel compelled to talk about issues surrounding women's health, please don't hesitate to reach out. We would love to hear from you. You can find us at The Power of Birth on Instagram and Facebook or on our website, thepowerofbirth.net. If you loved this episode, we would love it if you left us a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on and share us with your family and friends. The conversation has to start somewhere. Thank you again for listening and we hope you join us in the next episode.